Gaming and BS, episode 285, being recorded March, Monday, March 16th, 2020. Welcome to Gaming and BS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Brett. Welcome, Michelle. Welcome back, folks. Glad to have you all here. Well, let's get underway, man. Uh, announcements. The survey is still up. We have 33 respondents as of an hour ago. Uh, that's good. We're running the survey for those that aren't in the know. It's a survey gearing towards our patrons and non-patrons about um games that Brett and I are considering running on Roll20 or whatever online in some way, shape, or form. I'll compile those and then we'll see if we can put something together. You gonna have some time, Brett? You gonna get some I'll be stuck at home, won't be able to fucking leave. What else am I gonna do? That's true. <laughs> we should probably tackle that um elephant in the room. Yeah, well Gary kinda got canceled. So, apparently there's a virtual Gary Con going down. It is free, and they make use of tabletop events. Mm-hmm. Heard so, about that. Yeah. I have had no time to look into it. I know uh, Jen Brankman and a couple of the friends of the show said, hey, we're going to do this thing. So, those those posts and tweets and Facebook thingies are out there, and people are talking about it. I simply have no data on it yet. I know it's out there, and I've, like I said, I've seen, I've seen the links, I just haven't been able to mess around with it yeah it, uh i've looked at some of the events that are out there but i haven't registered anything i re- i got a badge i haven't registered an event or put an event out there yet so okay i don't know if i will or not i'd, l- I'd like to because now i have some time off but we'll see <laughs> sean is leaving his full-time job uh yeah sean's shifting up his life a little bit i am yeah um and I had seen through the rumor mill that Gamehole Con in 2021, I think Alex is moving that to mid-October. I think he needs to because of the venue or something? Probably. Because they're uh, tied to kind of the UW Badger football and the different events. When when can you get the venue? They don't have the luxury of, uh, like when I was doing Evercon and, and so forth, where I was, you know, like, hey, it's this part of January and nobody else is there and it's easy to get a hold of, so... Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I don't know if that's that's not officially announced, and I may have stolen his thunder, and I didn't quite ask him if I could put it out there, but I saw it in a Facebook thread, so, eh. I think it's doing good because some people can't make the regularly scheduled con event, which is usually the first weekend in November. Well, there is always the, oh, I always want my con at the same time which is nice because if you enjoy the convention, you try to schedule yourself around it. Um, when I was helping with Evercon and running it and whatnot, people would say, oh, this is a terrible time. If only you had it this other time. And we've talked about this before. There's never a good time. You can't make everybody happy. It doesn't matter what you do when you have it. We had it on Halloween this last, uh, 2019. It was Halloween. That was moved around a little bit. Um, some people were super pissy about that. Other people were like, ah, well, you know, it is what it is. And I don't know. It's It's tough running large... Uh, events like that, we're trying to make thousands of people happy. <laughs> it's not fun. 
it's not fun to try to make everybody happy. But I think Alex and the guys and Josh and all and the crew, they do a damn fine job. So even if it shifts out a little bit, they're going to do their best to make it worthwhile. So, oh, yeah. Otherwise, I think that's it for announcements. Do you have anything, Brett? Or? No, I can't think of anything. All right. Trying to figure out what I was going to do. I mean, I get to save some vacation time, so that's that's nice. I don't have to, don't have to take vacation for Greg. <laughs> Just kind of a bummer. Yeah, so depending on when you hear this, whether it is like in a week or maybe a hundred years from now. A post-apocalyptic found footage thing. We you are, can say, hey, this is, uh, this is one of those nuggets of wisdom. I don't think we could do a podcast and not address that that thing that's like in the world that's wreaking havoc in a lot yeah, of different the, places. The COVID nineteen coronavirus, yeah. uh, the flu that will kill you, type of thing or whatever. So, um, Brett, have you made concessions? Yeah, I'm not going to gaming Gary related. Well, <laughs> I'm not going well, to Gary Gunn. Fair. Um, my kids wanted AJ was going to have a birthday party in April. Probably not going to happen, which is a big gaming thing usually. So that's not going to happen. That sucks. Um, let's see. This coming weekend, I'm supposed to go to my family's cabin in Michigan with AJ and I. Do a father-son thing, which we do every year. I have no idea if I'm still doing that. And then the weekend after, because of CarryCon, I'm like, hey, well, that's canceled. You know, large gathering, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll go game with my buddies. There's just like six of us. We should be fine. Well, they might put travel bans on if people can't drive places and they might go full Italy. I don't fucking know what's going to happen. So, so no are your friends? Are you friends? Are your friends good with that? Like, are they don't they're they don't have any reservations? Are they paranoid in? like you, Sean? Are they terrified like Sean? I don't know. Is that what you're saying? I don't know if I'm necessarily terrified as much as. Uh, Trying to trying to prevent it from spreading everywhere, I guess. No, or... I'm saying that tongue in cheek because it it is goofy, right? There's a weird feeling out in the world where you're uh, where you don't want to panic and you don't want to cancel everything because in in your heart you're like, God damn it, this is I don't want to be defeated by a thing that isn't even on. Right? I'm not sick. Right? My friends are not sick. We're fine. However. <sighs> It's just, as I was talking about Buddy Lenny, I said the don't tell me what to do part of my brain is arguing hourly with the grown-up 46-year-old part of my brain that says, you know what the smart play here is. <laughs> so chances are I'm just not going to go anywhere because the fuck ever. And I'll probably end up playing more games with my kids. And if I've got opportunities, then I might be trying to do some online stuff with people. As well, so I don't know if I'll have a chance to get in on a virtual GaryCon because usually what happens for me is that if a vacation gets canceled, it gets filled up with plenty of stuff to do around the house or other things I should be doing, right? So I have no idea if that'll pan out or not. But you know, on the flip side, like my buddies and I were talking, we're like, wow, okay, it's getting worse, getting worse. Wow, holy shit, it just got worse. Uh, my buddy Zave, his wife clean, doesn't have the world's best immune system. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's probably a good idea not to. Let the drag Zave out, or he probably wouldn't go anyway. JR has lung problems. Oh, that's not good. I'm sure as hell not going to go see my parents. My father has an incurable lung disease, which he's had forever. Oosh. So that's not good. My mom is old. Um, well, not quite as old as my dad, but she's not in the world's greatest health. They're only early 70s, but they're still not the healthiest people. So, yeah, that kind of sucks. And it's very easy to become depressed by it. 
because it's depressing. Yeah. Uh, I call a Cthulhu game has been called off, but there's talks of taking it online. I am not prepared to take it online. Well, you're not prepared. What would you have to do to be prepared to take a game online? Maybe well, that's it. I mean, I guess I could easily just throw Discord up and go, okay, everybody meet in Discord and then run the game. Um, if that's what we choose to do, whether it's Discord or something else. So I guess it's not. Because if it's theater to mind, it's basically you got your character sheet, got your dice, okay, let's go. True. It's very true. I don't know. Because what we're doing right now for video with Skype here, this just works. As long as you've got uh, video and audio for theater of the mind experience, you're pretty much set. Yeah. I mean, if you you do not have to have a fancy Roll20, um, uh, what, what's the other stuff? This, a fancy grounds or whatever. You don't have to have a fancy dedicated type of tabletop. I know it's handy to have character sheets on there and have all these widgets and what's but when I play at the table, I don't have any of that stuff, right? What? <laughs> yeah. So I, you can make it kind of as seamless as possible, I guess, in, in that regard, when all I need is my preference, of course, is to be able to see the people I'm gaming with. So if I have got at least a, scre a screen with multiple little windows and pictures up where I can see everybody's wonderful smiling faces... Or when they're raging at me or something because they made a bad ruling or something, I could see it. But uh, I honestly, the harder part for me is that people I game with regularly don't game online. And I can say that, oh, it's not that hard. All you have to do is, but we've talked about this before, it's the technical hurdle of, wow, okay. What do I have to download? Download Skype. I can't get the Skype to work. I can't get the, this to work. Oh, my God. I think I changed my settings, which apparently for some fucking reason happens all the time. People monkey with their settings when they're for no goddamn reason. But people monkey with settings, apparently. Um, <laughs> but things go but things go weird. And technology can get in the way sometimes, which is one of the reasons why I like to keep it as simple as possible. So, like, if Skype, um, if everyone said, oh, I, I, I know how to use Skype, Brett. Okay, great. Let's just, everybody get Skype working. Good, it works. Great. We're going to use this, and we're going to go theater of the mind, and that's how we're going to play. Um, or if we're going to use Roll20, everybody get out there, and it might be worth having the first session is just kind of a practice session of monkeying about, saying, okay, excuse me, let's pretend we have a combat here. Dave, it's your turn. Move your guy. How do I do that? Right click, drag. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got that. All right, Lenny, your turn. Oh, wait, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. God damn it, you need to pay attention, dude. Um, but kind of having a walkthrough. Um, it's almost almost treating some of those tabletop gaming tools like it's a brand new game system for the group, in a way. Because it kind of is. It's a system. It's a mini game on top of your game. It's supposed to help you and emulate and, and do all this stuff. But if you're not used to the tool, it might take a little bit of getting used to. So it might be worth putting... The first session is just fuck about with the tools. And if you're lucky, you might get your game going. Yeah. But that's potential. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be much with the Cthulhu game. Jeff's game, on a on another note, that may be postponed indefinitely because... Yeah? Well, I had Jeff in an online game one time, and it was not a pleasurable experience at all. Well, some people don't like gaming online. I mean, they just flat don't. I think he didn't mind it, but none of his shit ever worked. So it was always constant tech support for Jeff's crappy PC setup. Because Jeff's always monkeying with the settings. I I think he had a shitty computer, but 
Uh, I could do it too. <laughs> I mean, and Jeff has like a short fuse, you know, when he starts to dink with something and it doesn't work, it's, I'm going to smash this thing while his wife's trying to calm him down and just get it to work. Well, it can be very frustrating. You sit down and have fun with your friends online and you're like, okay, cool. We're going to do this game thing. And they're like, okay, um, can no one hear me? Are you fucking kidding? No right. one can hear me? Oh my God, I got to reboot. And then everyone else is like, well, where'd Sean go? I don't understand what's going on. What's <laughs> happening? Sean's back. Like, oh, that's great. Yeah, Sean, Sean, we can't hear you. Can't. Not. No. Stop. Dude, stop. Someone fucking mute. Mute Sean. Someone mute. That happens sometimes, depending on a lot of different things. You have shitty internet bandwidth at your house. You don't have the processor or memory. You have a crappy computer to pull this off with. And sometimes you don't find this out until you get going. And the, the best technical problems with online gaming are when you're going strong and you're totally fine. And no one, you can't hear anybody or see anybody because everyone's frozen or locked up or they can't talk to you for some reason. And you've been on a five-minute description of what the dungeons, what Dragon's Lair looks like in this dungeon. And like, a fuck, can no one hear me? Oh, great. So I, I get where Jeff's coming from. Because that's incredibly frustrating. It's like going to the bar and like, okay, so we're going to pour a beer here. And the first picture you dump on your shoes. Next, Okay, cool. All right, we'll, we'll get the next one. And the next one's full of whiskey. You're like, I don't, I don't want a glass of whiskey. I wanted a beer. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. So here's some water with a slice of lemon. God fucking damn it. You know, it's just. It's that's a, a great analogy, Brett. It can, it can feel <laughs> like that. That's what it can feel like. <laughs> Well, hopefully everybody's doing well and that they are acclimating to the, the situation that is. And if everybody's still gaming and they're gaming online and doing what they need to do. I honestly think that, I mean, I talked about it. It's, it's, a, it's a bummer. Last night I was kind of depressed. I'm like, this just sucks. I went to the office today because I had a couple of things I had to get. And I'm like, it's going to happen. Yeah. And there went, there went the email saying, all right, we strongly encourage everybody to work from home. I'm like, all right, guess I'm not going back to the office for a while. Yeah, I'll save a lot of money in gas. It's depressing, though. It's a bummer. And you I like think... go- Brett Goat likes going to work. No, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer not going to work like when I'm on vacation and I get paid not to go to work. Um, but I think in in a time like this, when people are stressed out and whatever, if you can get some online gaming in, even if it's simple Skype, theater of the mind stuff with two friends, three friends... Even if you are playing chess online, you're just on your Xbox, something you can do to stay social with your gamer buds, the folks you're gaming with, and say, hey, you know what I could do? I could run a game. I bet you Eileen's available on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, she is. Hey, let's game. Let's do something. Might be a tons of one-shot games happening out there and because people just don't have the necessarily the time because of all the other crap they got doing to get in a campaign. But it, it, can, it can really bring you... You've seen those videos of the people in Italy... Singing in the in the streets, right? Yeah, man, that it's that's craziness. Yeah, but but yes, it's a it's not like form a, of camaraderie and yeah, and it's not region. like Italy's a yeah. third world country where no. oh, that's you know blah blah blah, <laughs> not good. But that type of camaraderie, one of the reasons we love going to gaming conventions is because this is our tribe. These are our people, and these are the folks that we get to game with that we love to see all the time. And I think it's worth how do I do this? We don't want to just run away from it, right? It's very easy like this sometimes to get bummed out. Like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, this all sucks. I hate online gaming. I'm, I can't get my fucking computer to work anyway. Ah, oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, 
it might be worth dedicating some time to figure it out and keep it going because I think doing something like this that brings you joy, that can be a lot of fun, can help at least help keep your spirits up. That's what I'm talking about. So, Well, hey, let's move on to something more joyous. I hope so. All right. Let's go to Random Encounter. Random Encounter. Talk about emails, voicemail, social media from listeners, comments from the forums. Brett, would you like me to go first? Yes, you may. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, let's see. Old School DM comments on innovation in RPG delivery. So, the last episode, we talked about innovation RPGs, more on the technical side. That's what we covered. Uh, so, he... On the forums, he's going to be referring only to D&D Beyond application was a bit unfair, Sean. The app is clearly underpowered, and by your exclusion of the website version, you clearly know this. So the reason it's unfair is that the website is available on your mobile devices, assuming you have internet access wherever your device is. For example, the website has mouse over monster stat blocks in room descriptions. You don't even have to click. And the search function is to die for when compared to searching PDFs. It searches all my resources, which is true. Uh, that is a very valid point. I still don't see why it's unfair. Keep going. Um, let's see. Moving on. Uh, there are many styles of prep and play, and some tools are better for this or that. Perhaps a useful outcome of the podcast would be a features wish list, which is something I wish I had thought of because, yes, I if you were to say, okay, Innovation in RPGs, what would you like to see? I could say, this would be really cool. You, we, we talked about that. We touched on it, yeah. Touched on it, dude. What well, I want is a goddamn map with rooms keyed and pointing. Well, that's, that's true. It's a very specific thing we asked for. But I'm talking like, you. what would your ideal Oh, yes, 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 yes. Kind yes, of I thing, right? I ideal. It, I More ideal, yes. I got it. So speak it like a wish list. He says, speak it a wish list. I was hoping that you'd speculate about something other than the low-hanging fruit, like what clicking does instead thinking more about how the entire experience changes with new technologies for a brainstorming example how can we leverage the fact that everyone at the table together or remote has a smart device could we do initiative management with that warning that your turn is coming up and to be prepared with your action maybe even choosing it in advance what about sound effects for my character managed by me the player so I like the initiative piece. That's not bad because initiative seems to get sometimes lost. I don't know. How, Brett, I have a question for you. Go for it. How do you keep track of initiative? Whiteboard. So you write like, okay, 20 30, or above. 30. And I yeah. count down until and I get to the sh- bottom and I write suck. And if you're underneath like four, <laughs> you get in the suck pile. That's how it goes. There you go, boys and girls. <laughs> it's all about the suck. Um. So I put the uh, little three by five mini, the mini table tents. Oh, so that's I, too, I, too much work. Come on, man. It's like the, this. The reason I do it is because I have a big ass whiteboard and everybody can see it next to me. So I fold it in this in half and I fold it and I set it on top of the DM screen across. So the so reason, the, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And I think if you have a smaller group and a confined space, it works really well that way. I like that idea. Anything that makes sure that people can easily get eyes on it. I use the whiteboard because we have a long a long table, sometimes six, eight foot long. Yeah. Wide, depending on who we're playing. 
And if I'm writing in two, three-inch letters on, on the whiteboard, everybody can freaking see it. Even though my handwriting is usually shit, I got to slow myself down to, to crank it on there. But yeah, no, I, I like the I like the idea. We did we have talked about sound effects. We mentioned sound last episode as well. But I think sound effects managed by the character is kind of interesting. You know, yeah, which is kind of cool. I like that too. And the, the, I mean, because Jeff could be ideas. Jeff could just hit a button. Yeah, yeah, Sean, baby, and like he just hits the button and just. Chon, 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 baby. Yeah, that, 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 that's a, that's a reason why we don't have this technology available to everybody. <laughs> I would probably have to smash Jeff's like Phone. iPad or iPhone. Uh, he continues, if we're going to talk about innovation, let's innovate. Let's move beyond making bookmark following easier for the DM, which I wholly applaud. Bookmark, yay, f- bookmark following, yay. Yeah, I still um, don't think it's unfair to bag on D&D Beyond. It's totally fair. It's an well, app that's out there that that lots of people use. That I don't think is it's not. I don't think it's unfair to bag on it. I think it's probably like, how better could it be? Which is a lot. I think. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. But anyways, uh, thanks, Randy, for writing in. No perspectives, man. We gotta get if it's just Sean and my perspective. What's the point of that? That's boring as hell. That's really boring. Okay, Azad, a.k.a. Terry, comments on innovations as well. The Fantasy Grounds modules do indeed cover some of the ground you're talking about. Each of the maps, DMs, or player maps. The DM maps are labeled, the player maps are not. Anyway, each of these maps has little push pins on them. If you click on a pin, it pulls up the room description and encounter info. Very cool, did not know this. You can read the box text or click on the word balloon to have it auto-generated in the chat window. You can click on the encounter pin in that room description and pull up the encounter information in a separate window. And in that window, you can click on a down arrow to auto-generate the NPCs into an encounter tracker, into a combat tracker. I'll toss up some examples for you uh, from Lost Minds of Fendelver. Huh. Well, that's pretty handy. I did not know. And he has pictures in the forums that look pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, check, check the forums to get the full. I mean, that's cool. This is, why, well, this is one of the things we want to talk about because we knew there was stuff out there. Right. Sean and I aren't always privy to all the little different bits and pieces. Neither one of us use Fantasy Grounds. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. Does that... Fantasy Grounds have a uh, a tablet mobile app version, or is it only a desktop app? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't, and I don't know how many of those have third party. Like, I know Roll20 does. Fantasy uh-huh. Grounds sounds like it does. Astral, I don't know for sure, but... Um, I was checking out Astro, right? Is that yeah. Astro? Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, Terry. That's um, cool. Yeah, it is cool. And it looked cool, too. You should check that out. And I think that's one of those pieces, which, like we talked about at the very beginning, is you got to practice with this stuff. Yeah. You know, even when, you know, old school gamer Randy's talking about, hey, if you use a D&D Beyond regular app, you know, the web version of it, look what it can do. That's pretty, that's well worth calling out because... If you are able to use that, you do have an internet capability, and it's not a, a mobile version, and it's pretty cool like that. That's that's good to know because then, hey, it might be a good reason to have your laptop at the game table then. Right. So cool stuff. Very good stuff. Your turn. My turn. So Idaho Gamer, a.k.a. Mike, weighed in a bit on creativity mentioned in Innovation of RPG episode. For Sean and Brett, I like this episode because you brought up a lot of my questions. I really like the comments on creativity. I once read a book called Creativity Incorporated by Ed Catmull. He is the co-founder of Pixar Animation Studios. 
He goes into a lot of how being creative can help your business and solve problems. Don't quote me on this, but I think he speaks about having a D&D night for some of the employees and found this to help them open up with the creative thinking process. Enough of my ramblings. Great episode, like always. Keep up the good work. I have to go wash my hands now because the CDC says I need to. Mike. I think the CDC recommendation is that if you type in any kind of communication to gaming BS, you are required to wash your hands for a good 20 minutes. It's it's not it's not just seconds. It's, it's extensive. Because you usually feel soiled after speaking to us. <laughs> after writing to us. After writing, you just feel horrible. It's like, oh, my God. Uh, I, just, I feel... Feel contaminated. <laughs> All right. Sean's Mass Game by Eric Salzweedle. Sean, I think I can empathize with your players. Uh-oh. Well. As I recently experienced what I think they are going through during a Monster of the Week game. First off, I am not one for investigative slash puzzle games. I don't mind a mystery here and there, but it takes more than three steps to solve. I get impatient and want to move on. I try to keep the backstory short. During Monster of the Week game, we encountered a ghost that needed busting. We determined it was weak to light, really bright light, and the catch was it only came out at night. So we came busting up with a- makes me feel good. <laughs> of course it does. So we came up with a plan and rigged up a bunch of floodlights to our van. Ruh, ruh. And when she appeared, we blasted her with the lights. Hooray! We, whoa, oh. Wait, she snapped her fingers and boom, no more electronics, no more lights. The hedge wizard helping us was then killed and we got our butts kicked. At this point, I got frustrated because I thought, well, damn, that was our plan. It didn't work. I didn't think we had any alternatives and was ready to pack up the van and let the little Midwest village deal with our ghosts on their own. It was pointed out we could use a magical light source by one of the other players. In my head, this wasn't an option as none of us were magic types. I tossed a mild temper tantrum about the fact that we didn't have access to such a thing. The GM kindly pointed out that my character, the Fixer, would know who such a device could be purchased from. In my head, this was not an option, as I didn't think my character knew those types of people. I was more locked into your basic criminal underworld, and I wasn't. And it wasn't until the GM gave me perspective on the world and what my options were that I had a path to a potential solution. So what I'm trying to say, maybe your characters just need a nudge. If they're stuck, maybe they don't understand all the resources they have available to them, what options there are, or maybe they forgot a key clue. I think we are often hard on players, me included when I GM, that we don't that they don't see the obvious signs. FYI, we busted the ghost next session. Well, good. Good on you, Eric. Yeah. Busted makes Eric feel good. <laughs> well, I talked about that a little bit with you, Sean. And I think Eric's seconding my opinion there. Sometimes you got to have that sit down and reveal. Like, okay, what do we know? What do we know? Bullet, 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 bullet. Oh, we realized that, you know, Old Miss Haversham, she happens to have a globe of magical light. Oh, my God, I forgot Haversham's globe of magical light. I can't believe I forgot Haversham's globe of magical light. What an idiot I am. Sometimes you got to do that. Because I, as players, you're you're trying to be multiple people. You're trying to immerse yourself. You're trying to do this thing, trying to figure all this stuff out. Not metagame too much, but just enough so it's fun. And you're in this in your character, but you're not totally in your character. So it's hard work if you're doing it right. And sometimes uh, a little bit of help. No reason not to. I like the idea. Fine. I like it, Eric. Fine. Thanks, See, Eric. This, it's a good opportunity when you get the gang back together and you're online running this on Rule 20 or whatever. You can say, okay, well, we're all getting hang of the system. Let me recap all that you know. And here are some obvious next steps for you all. You could go left. You could go right. You could go to Egypt. You could go over here. See? 
masks is tough because there's a lot. I know. Like you, as a game master, have to like keep her. Sorry. Uh, you, yeah, man. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, and remember, there's no gaming police. What? You can, you can have. <laughs> we have their uniforms in our I, shop. I know, I know. <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is that if you're like, you know what? I'm not even going to dangle Singapore in front of them or Shanghai or the Plateau of Lang. I'm going to make them go to Egypt. You can make them go places. You could make them follow the entire adventure if you do it right. You know how to lay tracks, dude. You know how to, get, you know how to hand what? out tickets. What? Get them on the rails, brother. If every stop. Good Lord, that's a long one. If every stop <laughs> along the Sean Kelly Orient Express is a wonderful stop. Yeah. And they have good adventures. And they went from here to here to here to here to here. And all along the way, they're picking up clues and it's getting greater and more and bigger. They'll be happy to fight the big bag. Even if they die in the end, like, ah, but we made it. We can do this, man. You got it. You ready? Yeah, man. Get you psyched up. All right, let's get into the meat. Time to go. <laughs> All right, Brett. So a couple of people have asked us in the forums and other places, if you had to choose the perfect gaming group, space to play, type of gamers, number of gamers, table to play on, you know, Time of day, all sorts of stuff, weekends, weeknights. What, what's your perfect game group? How's it look? How's it feel? What's it all about? And as I mentioned to Sean last time, like how many Jeffs can one group handle, right? Maybe one is one's too many. Maybe half a Jeff is good for some folks. Maybe not everybody's ready to go full Jeff. Maybe it's just not, not there. But who is ready to go full Jeff? You threw a couple things out there. We had some replies out in the forums. We did. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Ange says, my so I think many got into, oh, it's game group size. Yeah. So ideally I'd like to have six or seven people and this is why, right? Well, that's, I, that's a very good place to start. Yes, it is. Because if sure. you understand the number of players, you know, what type of players you have, even if we talk about that here at the beginning, then, you know, Hey, I, this is the type of space I need. If you're like, hey, I need four really dedicated players. I don't care where we play. And they go, hey, I have four really dedicated players, and it's on roll 20. Boom, you're set, right? Yeah. Uh, so Ange, who doesn't post very often, thanks for posting, Ange. Uh, her ideal game group six to seven, all enthusiastic about getting together and gaming, with a few of them willing to take turns GMing. So that's good. That's a good point. Like sp spreading the GM in love. Uh, it helps if they all enjoy the same style of game, but at the very last, they need to respect other people's enjoyment in the game. Yeah, I think the the willingness to take turns as, as GM and just point out that's a that can be a big thing. If that's a if you hmm, not a requirement to play an Angus game, probably no. But no. we're talking perfect and things I really, really would like. Ideal, ideal, and that's kind of it's that's that's cool because there is that point when you feel that burnout coming on. Like, you know, I, uh, after this, you know, tomb of utter desolation, I'm going to pass it over to Ange and she's going to run, uh, some monster of the week for us because I'm going to step aside. That's right. She's ready to roll. That's, that's good to have. Joe chimed in. Mm hmm. 
what does he say here? Oh, yeah, I definitely think the ideal group size should be three to five, as this would allow more spotlight and in-character role-playing opportunities. I appreciate people who have fun, take risks, but not take the game too seriously. Heck, I reward inspiration bonuses sometimes based on wisecracks. Ha! Huh. Oh, Joe, size, Joe's one he, of those guys. Yeah, but he's talking about it's have fun, take risks, not too, don't take the game too seriously. He's talking wisecracks are different than, I mean, that's different than, you know, disruptive break the table, right? Oh. So, okay, yeah. no, that's cool. Laramie, we've had this conversation to the point of if you get a table of six, who's GMing and who are you playing with? <laughs> Old school DM came came back in this one as well. Given all the time I spend on prep, I need at least five at my table to be worth it. They got to play and take pictures after all. Smile. <laughs> he does. Um, if you haven't followed Randy Farmer over the years with us, he does a lot of paper craft and he puts on a show when it comes to table preparation, minis, figs. Um, it's it, he does amazing, amazing production, amazing it's production, production, production yeah. value. It's it's good, good stuff. Yeah. And yes, I totally get that. If you showed up with all of that gear. And Randy sat down, set it all up, and Brett and Sean showed up, and no one else bothered to come there. I could definitely, I could see it would take the wind right out of your sails. It says this group officially has eight players in it, mm -hmm. which allows for several dropouts each session. Sometimes I end up with eight players. When that happens, the monsters get really tough. <laughs> yeah, Berber. I've got about eight guys in my group as well, and we do have a couple dropouts, usually at least one or two. And so we're back to that 5-6 range. Which is not too bad. Yeah, I, you know, eight, a couple people miss. Yeah, not right? bad. Yeah. So, so Sean, let's talk numbers for a second here first. How many do you like to have at the table, and or does it depend on the type of game you want to play? It does oh. depend. It does depend, but I like four, like uh, four four players, regardless of the game system. Kinda. Kind of, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. If I had an, I like, this is your ideal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking I about. would say four. Like, because I think four, you could play anything. Most, most games. Most games I would run, anyway. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Am I running or am I playing? Let's say you're running right now. If four. you're running, you want at four? If you're four playing. Four or five. Four or five. If yeah. you're playing, how many players you want with you? Two. One. Me. No, just me. just you. No, no just me. Playing. I want spotlight. That's all me. the time, forever. All time, me, 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 me. It's all about me, Brett. When I, I play. Now, I would say, in all sincerity, probably, probably four. I mean, it depend does depend on the game, but it depends on the GM actually, because I yeah. think some GMs are probably better. They may be better at running larger or smaller groups, but I would say, I would say four. Four is a good sweet spot because. There's plenty of spreading the wealth, you know, and it, um, yeah, that's what, that would be my take. The other take I would have is that you get one person that has to go to the bathroom. So you're, if you're yep. down to three or four players, then one goes and they're, I gotta go get a beer or something and it takes them forever or something happens or a phone call hangs them up. Um, and it's their turn in the initiative, um, then some of that could be a bit of a pain. Because I don't think it's any different in a five-player game, but then you could probably switch it out, skip them. I don't know. Without it being too, too big a deal, 
I I'm kind of I like the four to six players. Yeah, I four think, to six, sure. So I think the range is there. Four yeah, to and, six, and I think the reason I say that is because if I have two drop, then I've got at least the, the four people. I feel if I'm less than four for most of the games I'm running in the groups I like to play with, and less than four, it feels like, eh, let's not do it. Oh really? If, I, if I'm down to three, you're like, eh. It seems it's it seems to. For me, maybe it's a game master thing. It kind of sucks the wind out of it sometimes. But I think um, that might just be a. I need to start to, as a game master, kind of narrow my scope or my vision of how many actors I need on the stage at any given time, type of thing. Do you think that the type of intimacy of the game that you're running plays a part in that? So I'll. I'll oh yeah, up, right. No, I totally think it does. Keep going. Like though. the bigger, the bigger the group, the less intimate or less details you have to get per player where if you're playing with three or four you're really having to dive into minutiae with each potential player character i don't know yeah it can does that make sense it does like if you're gonna have a very like one on one different right yeah it totally is yeah so that's so we've got the number size Mm -hmm. kind of I, i should say as a player i like the same you do like the bigger five to six yeah that's my preference Okay, and one of the reasons is I like to I like to watch other people have a good time at the table, like hey they're having fun or whatever, and I like to be able to support other people. Um, if I don't want to, if some evening I'm like you know what I don't really feel like I need to be spotlight guy, I want to be support guy this game. I'm kind of done being the face of the group for this session. I want to be total support guy. I'm not gonna be a dick and sit in the spaceship all the time, but I can be support in some decent way, so I can back out a little bit. And add support to lots of different people. That can be kind of that's fun for me. Sure, makes so, sense to me. What kind of um, are you? Do you prefer face to face? Do you prefer online? We're talking if we're talking like an ideal setup. You got your group, other optimal size. You like him in person? I do. I know I do. I prefer them face to face, but I also think. It depends on the game I'm running and who I'm playing with. So if I were playing with some very technically savvy people Mm -hmm. and I enjoy their company and them as just a people, friend, player, I would say that online is, is just as good nowadays because the, when I say face to face would be my preference. Okay. If everybody that I love and, new in the gaming sphere were local and I could play with them once a month or whatever. And that would be great. Oh yeah, I totally would. I mean, but, but they're not exactly so, like, so, so Mr. Lovely Tim DeShane was going to run an astonishing swordsman game for us. Guess what? We can't do in person at CarryCon. Yeah. So I need to get hold of Tim now that I've kind of got my personal schedule, my work crap all sorting out. He's like, okay, Tim, would you be up for doing it online? And maybe we can get a couple couple folks together and do that. Because you and I have met through this podcast and a, a ton of our listeners. We've met a bunch of people in person. Every single one of them have been awesome people yeah. that I like gaming with. I have gamed, I've had that blessing to game with a number of them. They're tons of fun. And, you know, I mean, being able to do that stuff. And when I, Wednesday evening stuff, when I did the Avalon actual play, that was a lot of fun. That group was really good. We had a really good time. We had that half hour to an hour of bullshit before the game even started. Like, all right, fine, let's hit record because we were doing an actual play. And then at the end of it, we'd stop 
and we'd have a half hour to an hour of post game bullshit. Like, hey, how's life? How's work? Oh, how's your wife doing? Oh, God, the kids are sick. Oh, that's terrible. How's work? Oh, don't even get me started. It was all, it felt very much like that. And I had the same time abyss where I came and sat down at the table, put my gear on, got the laptop fired up or whatever in a game for, oh my God, it's been four hours already? The same thing I get when I'm at a game table. A good game's going on. And you're like, holy crap, it's midnight. We should we should wrap this up. We're exhausted. So, but anyway, my, my preference, as you say, if I could, all the people I know and love to game with, I'd prefer to have them in person just because yeah. it's cool. Yeah. No, I think that would be, I think that'd be adequate. Um, so with an ideal game, how do you see... How do you see the players? Like you would, you could pick your type of player. Yeah. So honestly, a guy like Jeff is fun to have at the table. <laughs> yeah, he is, man. Because one of the things about a guy like Jeff is he wants to keep the action going. Mr. Marcus called them rainmakers, and I've heard that term before, even oh. from other folks. You have people who are not going to fuck about. It. They want to get the action going. They want to make things happen. Now, you can have some folks. I mean, perfect is just the sprinkle of Jeff and a touch of actor Lenny and just a piece of I mean you can uh, you know Frankenstein together the gamer but I want somebody with a Jeff like attitude like look, look we're here to play we're gonna have a damn good time and I'm gonna have fun um, I like people who want to get into character and that doesn't mean that you have to do funny voices it doesn't mean that you have to you know dress in character and come this method actor person what I want you to do is you know Make the decisions for a character that you think your character would make that makes sense. It helps with the helps with the narrative, all that fun stuff. I want people who are willing to suspend the disbelief where needed, keep everything going. I don't want constant questions on, well, you said it was made of iron, and now you said a steel amalgam, and is that really the same? Yeah, I don't want to get into that. I want my players to um, be open enough when you throw something at them, they go, huh, man, we, we didn't figure it out yet, but we will soon. You know, I don't want people to be like, well, we don't know what that is. Fuck it, light it on fire. You know, walk away from the table type of thing. I want people who are willing to try new stuff. If I say, hey, I got a really cool idea for a game. Let's give this a try. That's always good. Um, and I want people who prefer rulings over rules. We like to use the rules at my table, but my play style is probably people have probably figured out from listening to me. For almost six years now, I prefer to not, I mean, rule of cool may be a little too much for me, I guess, maybe. But I like to, you know, make the rulings at the table and, and move the game along. You know, I want to be able to do that. I don't want to always be stuck on a grid and always have to count every inch in the dungeon and every half minute before your torch burns out or whatever it is. I like to hand wave some of the some of the noodlier bits sometimes. And I like I want a group of players that will trust me. And that I can trust in turn. That I know there's no cheating. There's no chicanery. There's no bullshit. They're not trying to get one up on each other. If someone in character backstabs another person in character, I want those two care those two players to boom, fist bump and say, I fucking rock, dude. You got me, Sean. You set my guy up. Oh. Hey, what could I do? You had me cornered. Hey man, it's all good. Alright, I'm gonna make a warlock. You know, that, that's I want good gamesmanship on that on the, for my players. I guess is where I'm coming from. Does that you make know, sense? We're, we're only doing this show so that we can record it and everything, and then send it 
to your game group. <laughs> this is what I want you fuckers to do. <laughs> Honestly, I think for the most part, I'm very, very fortunate. I've had my beefs with the guys over the years, you know, but honestly, you get a guy like, you get a guy like Jeff. I mean, he, he's, he can be over the top. We know that. I'm, I've met Jeff. Uh, he can totally be over the top, but he, he's there to have fun. And there are people who show up to game night to be entertained. We've talked about this before. They show up, sit down and are waiting for you to turn the channel to, and now or as Sean talks about gaming, click bring me entertainment. A guy like Jeff ain't waiting to be entertained. Jeff sits down and goes, all right, where's the entertainment? It's in this 10 by 10 room, guard your chest. Fucking right it is. Charge. <laughs> you know, he's going to go get the entertainment, which is kind of cool. Sometimes I have to poke that guy, though. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Though? Once you get him rolling, he's going. The beauty of Tomb of Annihilation is, I don't know, if if you're watching this, well... I don't know. There's a way that I can poke Jeff, and he has to kind of move along. There's yeah. a there's a thing in the the module, and so when he's like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know," I could just go, "Come on, man, quit being such a chicken shit. Let's go. You could do this." And he goes, oh, "You're right, yeah." And then he he has to kind of do it because he's being propelled, you know, and <laughs> I love it. Compelled, I should say, yeah. He could be propelled as well, but it's propelled by my boot in his ass. But I don't. I so don't th- is, do what I say make sense though? Yeah, I don't think what you say is completely out of line, and I think it sums up probably quite a bit of what people would agree upon in general. Like you want players to trust you because that's mm-hmm. a big deal when you're playing role playing games. Yep. You want them to be interactive and involved. There's nothing worse than being at a player and you're or a player. You're playing at a game and you're running a a game, and you look over and somebody's just not engaged at all. That's that yep. sucks. Kind of sucks the wind out of you. Now it happens. People got a lot of things going on, a lot of things on their mind, especially now in freaking 2020. I got work texting me while I'm trying to podcast. Yeah, you could tell Brett's like looking off in the corner of the screen, going, "Hey man, you got to go." <laughs> uh, I'm trying to be discreet, but you know. So it's those things that come about, um, you know, I don't think any of these are like, really? Wow. I'll but tell you. Who do well, we, Oh, go ahead, Brad. No, go I was going to say, go one ahead. of the things I think that helps make, and we've talked about this, do GMs make good players? And there's a piece of, I love the one of the things they answer throughout there is like having players who are willing to game master as well. Yes. At the table. Say I've got four to six people and you're probably going to get one or two people and, you know, you know, Mary says, I just don't ever want a game master. I love playing. And Dave's like, nah, it's just not my bag. But there's Lenny and Eileen both going, I'll, I'll run. That's awesome. Being able to share that load. It can be fun. I like I like to run games 99% of the time. But there are other times like, you know what? I'm not running a goddamn thing. I well, just want to play. The nice thing about it, too, is that if you get a GM in the group, they have a different dynamic. They have a different perspective than yeah, some you people a- that never run. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're going to have a little empathy for when you get into a position where you're like, huh, how do I adjudicate this? Mm. I think a good game master player, a game a player who's also a game master and has done so for a while, goes, they're watching things go on and they go, that's a hook, bite. And they go, get it. You know what we need to do? We need to go investigate this thing. We need to go look and find out what we can from the sage. Why? 
Sean's mentioned the sage five goddamn times. For the love of Christ, we better go talk to the sage. He's mentioned the sage's name, Alberto the All-Knowing. Why don't we go talk to Alberto the All-Knowing, for God's sake? Come on, let's go. Being an almost (laughs) in-person or in in the party propellant for the rest of the group to lay down some metagame wisdom like, hey, guys, look, this is stuff we've got. Let's just move along. That can be invaluable sometimes. It gets good stuff. But as now we speak, those two things or the what, what we kind of spoke about was mm-hmm. more game master. Yeah. Does it matter with player being a player? If I was on the other side of the screen, what do I want? Yeah. I want a very similar thing. I like. I want to be able to feel comfortable at the table where I can trust the game master and my fellow players. Trust right? in the game master works too. Like yeah. not just the players when you're a GM, but. You're trusting that the game master isn't screwing you every turn purposefully or... Yeah, I mean, when, yeah. so Nick is running Star Wars D20, and I know... Yeah, him. do you trust Nick? I do. Why? Because he's Nick, man. I've, I've gamed with him before. I don't know, years. man. I, don't, I wouldn't <laughs> trust that guy. But when Nick is uh, Nick is running fair adjudication, he knows what he's doing. He goes, you know what? Um, hmm. If you have a point, counterpoint, brief arguments, everything is... You know, they're they're good discussions. They're not bitch fests about what is or isn't right or wrong with something. So that's handy. And I want to be able to say, hey, you know, look at my player, Sean, say, hey, guess what? Uh, yeah, I, I uh, Eileen and I are going to kill your character. Why? Because, because, yeah, we took out a, <laughs> and you go, hey, well, that's, well, let's see how that turns out in game or whatever it is. Yeah, I want to be able to have tension, unorthodox events at the table and so on, and have nobody be upset by it. Because there's trust and people ask questions and people are open and honest and no one's doing anything to hurt anybody. I know that sounds all warm and fuzzy, but I want to have a good time and I want to have fun with my friends. And I don't have, I prefer not to have friends that are harmful (laughs) or make me miserable, right? And I say that people are like, well, duh. However, I'm pretty sure all of us at one point in time have hung out with some folks. You're like, why am I hanging out with this asshole? <laughs> We've all had that. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, wow, um, I keep mm-hmm. inviting this person to my game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nobody likes this person in our game. Right. We can't stand this person in our game. Why are they still here? Yeah, we've chatted about that too, but I prefer never yeah, to just, have to. Oh, hey, I can't make it Monday nights anymore. Yeah, I, uh, I, I guess I have prefer- to roll it up. <laughs> I would just prefer never to have that problem, right? <laughs> hey, one thing you touched on, Brett, that mm-hmm. we didn't really mention was like how important is it when you say you said, "Well, I like somebody that knows what the hell they're doing." Oh, experience. Well, you they know, don't I, even have to be very. They don't have to have like five years of experience. Like, trust. Hey, trust me. Well, that was my former life. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Years of experience, uh, you know, because it's, versus it's, a degree in role playing. Do you have your master's degree? Right, you know, do you? Yeah, versus or, like just being competent and and knowing the rules of the game or how to even handle people. Yes, <laughs> there's a um. How do I? Not everybody is, you know wants to do Game Master the way I do. Everybody wants to Game Master the way Sean does or whomever, and neither one is better than the other or whatever. Well, but trust if, me, if, if you don't do it the way I do it, you're probably better. <laughs> well, I don't want to say it out loud, but since, okay, it, since you open that can. Hey, anyway. I'm <laughs> in a place in life in 2020 here where I'm reflecting and looking deep. Okay. Because, but, hey. 
because I can't leave the house. What else can I do? I might get sick tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Um, I think it's, it, it, when we talk about experience, for me, it's like, hey, have you done this before? Yeah, I've, I've you know played games. I understand rules. I can figure this out. When I tell you, you know, you've got to roll the hit. It, you shouldn't for the fiftieth time say, "What do I use?" It's the D twenty. It's a, you've been been the goddamn D twenty for the last seventeen sessions. Are you kidding me? You know, that's oh, everything's man. annoying. The ability to learn that <laughs> stuff. And I think that's even even on the game master side. Though, as a player, when you look at the GM and you're like, "Did you do you still not know the rules for the game you're running?" Is that so? True? Brett's saying that patience is not that big a deal. Patience is important, but I yeah. think it's um. It's it's part of, that's part of the trust thing too, right? Is look, I know I trust you that you're putting the time in that you need to figure things out. I trust that if you're like, ah, oh, shit, I'm having a bad goddamn day, and I haven't, I forgot to level up my character. I'm sorry, give me a minute. Oh, Brett, you dumbass, you always forget to level up your character. Dee dee. You know, I want to know that people aren't just. How do I say this? They're not lazy. Is too strong, but you're taking the game seriously, and that's a piece that my group. Um, that's been very serious, a serious consideration that you're taking the game seriously. I'll use serious one more time. But when you show up to game, I want to game. If you want to show up and bullshit and drink beer and shoot pool, let's do that then instead of gaming. You know what I mean? I don't want to be distracted. I want to sit here. We're going to play D&D. We're here to play D&D. You can have your 15 minutes, half hour of BS. The game starts. We're here to game. Well, yeah, but you don't take it so seriously, though. You're not like... All right, it's game time. Hey, oh, you, no. you, you, mean, you, hey, come on. Yeah, I mean, there's there's fun and so on, but everybody, is, uh, to me, it's all part of the trust factor. It's like, look, we're here to have a good time. We're here to focus, generally speaking, on what it is we're here to do. So we're going to focus on the game and make it happen and have a good time doing it. What about uh, people's flexibility for trying other things, Brett? Is that a big deal? Is that ideal? Like, hey, they got to be open, kind of trying new things, man. I think it's helpful because even if you don't play a lot of different systems, you may have a different story idea that you want to put out there or a different campaign concept. Like, hey, I want to do something different. Well, we don't want to play anything but Pathfinder. That's totally fine, but I'm going to do it behind the enemy lines game. You're, You're like on the wrong end of the DMZ, man. You got to fight your way back. Oh, that sounds cool. Hey, I'm going to do a political intrigue game. Oh, okay, let's try that. Hey, I want to do a um, a game about um, backstabbing princes type of political intrigue, not just spies and figuring things out and selling info to the king. Oh, sure, well, let's figure that out. Hey, I want to do, you know, you name it. And you can do a lot of that stuff with a single game system. People have done it for a long, long time. Ask Ed Greenwood. He's been doing that type of thing forever with D&D. Yes, there are better games out there, potentially, or systems that may do a thing better or easier or facilitate it in a, in a um, more complete manner. But I think having people open just to new experiences at the table, even if they're like, yeah, you know, I know you talk a lot about this monster of the week, but that just doesn't sound like fun. Okay. How about we do um, this other thing? It's basically monster of the week, but with dungeons and dragons. Oh, sure. Oh yeah. Adventures for hire. Oh yeah. Wander the, wander the worlds will be the witcher. Yeah, Sure. Sounds, that sounds fun. Wander around, get paid to kill monsters in every town. You mean like Monster of the Week, Monster Hunting? No, 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 that's that's crazy talk. We'll do with swords and spells over here. Whatever. I think that is more, more important to me because if nothing else from a boredom perspective, if all you're going to do is the world's largest dungeon crawl every time you get together, eh, 
I'll, I'll get burned out. What? Oh, Sean, 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 shocked and dismayed. Me. I would do that all the time. You would not. Okay, probably not. I would add joy some of it, though. Oh, yeah, but I mean, that's, that's part of like- variety. I got to have some variety, man. If somebody's just going to be like, hey, I'm going to run X all the time, uh, I'm going to be like, yeah. Like that big book, The World's Largest Dungeon. There's like a $100 hardcover or something. Remember that thing? Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. We're going to go through all of Undermountain. No, no, we're not. No, no, we're not. For God's sakes, don't make me do that. Rathunapuk? Rath- oh, Rathun? Rathunapuk. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's... Well, that's why I like Borrow Maze, because it's, it's big but digestible. At least yeah. for me, anyway. I, th- I thought it was a pretty cool deal. Which I feel bad for you now, because I was going to pick up a copy at CarryCon for you. I can't do it anymore. Well, I could get the PDF, and I could put it on my list at Noble Knight. There Noble Knight Games, where the old is in new again. There you go. Head Very over nice. to GamingNBS.com <laughs> forward slash Noble Knight. <laughs> Tell them, Gaming and BS set you. Let me see. I think... Hmm. So we covered the size. We covered... Uh, face to face or online. We yeah, cover yeah. types like, of gamers a little bit. You kind know. of the game type of gamers we want. You know, I don't know. And I don't think there's anything like crazy shocking in there. But what I think, no. and somebody's probably going, "What the fuck did you do that for?" I think the I've said this before on this podcast, but self reflection is inter- is a good idea. And you were talking about you know doing the same thing, looking deep, trying to figure things out. And sometimes you can look at your game group and say, "Why am I not having any fun?" We're like, God damn, this group is so much fun. I just started playing with this group, and they're so much fun. Wow, it's so much better than... And sometimes it's worth your time, in my opinion, to say why. What is going on? I know for my home group, there are certain things that my group does not want to do. Okay, got it. I can do something similar, but it can't be with that game system. They do not want to try Savage Worlds again. I've tried it a couple times. To bring it back up, they have no interest, zero, zip, nada. Unless I hold a gun to their head, which they're, they're which is getting old. It's not really a threat anymore. Right, yeah, they're um, kind of used to that. They're, they're like, whatever, they're, they're not going to play it. Yeah. However, when I see a cool Savage World Adventure idea or setting, I can take that and turn it into a 5e game or something else. I can do that. And there's other times when I've, I've said, you know, what? why do I still like playing with this group, you know? What was so fun when I was running my Streets of Avalon actual play? What was so fun about it? It was the way people got into character. Everybody, it was a lot of give and take at the at the virtual table. Everyone had a good time, really good ideas. Everybody got into the plot and moved. Wow, that's really cool. I like it when that happens. And sometimes, <coughs> excuse me, by doing that, when you're a game master, even as a player, honestly, if everything's singing, like what is what is causing it to happen? Are you doing anything to keep it rolling? What has been what has been your contribution to that really cool, damn near perfect event? If you say, Wow, well, as a game master, I yes, but or no, however, or I, I used a forward blah blah blah, everybody just kind of rolled with it. It was great. It was the way we built, you know, if you can nail it down to a couple of things that went really well, and when you ask your players to say, I really like the fact that you did X, that shit you need to keep in your head. And as a player, I don't think we often say, hey, do you like my character? Or I'm struggling playing this character. Boy, I just, I'm not sure where to go with this person. And asking the table as a whole and say, I've said, I've started to say things now, like I really like the fact that my Mandalorian character is supporting your character. 
um, Nick's, Nick's sister is playing with us, and, and she's playing kind of a, a medic, really super smart and wicked, wicked cool character. Um, wicked uh, smart. Wicked smart. Wicked smart. And I said, you know, I really like the fact that we've got this kind of cool support structure going. She's like, yeah, that really worked out. We, You know, I didn't really plan that to happen, but our characters are just really, they're operating well together. I'm like, yep, that's pretty cool. And Zabe's character, and he said, yeah, you know what was really cool? He said, I wasn't sure I was going to take orders from you, Brett, but you had some really good ideas. And the way your character laid them out to me, you know, I, I just I just kind of went with it. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And when we, I've got that feedback now, and it helped to kind of push that feedback around the table a bit. Then we get back together. We want to carry that high. What did we do last time? So for me, I'm trying to reinforce it at the end of the session, saying, I liked when you did X. If I didn't like it, I'll say, man, I still don't understand why you did that. Was that, is there something going on? And if Nick's character says, yeah, actually, I've got this stupid. Well, okay. So out of character, I'm cursed. Okay. <gasps> oh, okay. Your character doesn't know. No, oh, obviously out of character, totally out of character. I promise you I will not play with this knowledge. Oh, you're cursed. That's why you won't go in the water. Yes. And if you talk about it, yeah. And if I talk about it, my mother dies. Okay, whatever. Sounds like a fucked up curse, but whatever the case is. And so to me, when these exercises of like, what's what's really good? What do I like? What don't I like? It helps me figure out what am I doing well? And am I doing anything to encourage that at my table? Right? That's why I like to talk about this stuff sometimes. You with me? I'm with you, man. You know, because if you think, you know, we sit down to play with Deshane. You know, what do you like in a game? We've talked about this before, but you need to bring it there and say, hey, I got a really cool idea or wow, I really like this. Or when you see somebody doing something cool at the table, you can applaud them for it. You can say, that is awesome. That is a damn fine idea. And you're getting people to behave in a certain way because it's just positive reinforcement. And there's not, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's a quasi Pavlovian, blah, 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 I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Nola Burt will tell me all about why I'm, why I'm probably using all of those horrible terms incorrectly. But the point is, is it doesn't hurt to, in this wonderful social gaming experiment that we're doing, to pass the praise back and forth. And when you're done, you say, man, I had a hard time with that fight. And they look at you and say, really? Yeah, man, I'm, ba I'm back here behind the screen and I can't roll my dice. <laughs> I just, I suck. I'm rolling low or too high and I didn't want to murder you guys. So trying to make it tough, but I, I mean, I killed Dave's character five times over. Really? Yeah. I just, I didn't want to do it though, because we just started and have the players go, dude, kill my character. No, no, no. Don't hold back. Don't do that again. Don't do that again. No, that's okay. I don't care if you, I don't care if I die. If you have that conversation, it's going to help you build that group into a better group, I think. And you will also find out through that discussion, like, Hey, you know, Sean's really trying here and we're all listening and, you know, Donnie over there, Donnie, he's just, he's just complaining. <laughs> Everybody else is talking about cool ways to improve the game, what we liked and didn't like. And there's Donnie. He's just, I don't know, Donnie, I'm making this name up. But, you know, there's, there's that, that dude, whoever he is or she is, and they're just bitching. Huh. wonder if we need to change the, change the game right to Monday, the one night a week they said they couldn't make it. Maybe that's what we need to do to improve the game session. Cool, man. Sorry I rambled there at the end, but you good with me? Yeah? Makes sense? I'm always good with you, Brett. Uh, I know. How can you not be, really? Wow. I'm so goddamn charming. <laughs> mm.
All right. So ideal game group, if you want to elaborate more than on just the uh, the amount of players or fellow game masters, yeah. whatever. Let's know what you're thinking. Yeah. Yep. You know what that we didn't talk about it because we talked about some electronic stuff in the back, but uh, not in the back, but previous episodes, we talked electronics and sound. But if from an ideal perspective, if that's a thing, you're like, no, man, an ideal for me would full surround sound. I want to have a fully immersive. Bump. That's cool. VR, I mean, baby. Yeah, like, VR. I am Ranger. Rick. Whatever. Ranger Rick and D&D. &D <laughs> there you go. Frolicking around in the woods. It's the frolicking that makes it fun. It's all about the frolic. All right. Let's, let's go. Let's get in a die roll. Die roll! Two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery we want to share with you. We got three this week. There's probably more out there, but these are three that we came up with. Number one, Edge Studios is to be the RPG arm of Fantasy Flight Games. This was announced at Gamma. Um, so all the Star Wars, FFG stuff, all that is not going bye-bye. They're still going to print it up. Lord of, uh, let's see. Um, Legend of the Five Rings, the Genesis system, all that stuff's going to Edge Studios. So don't panic, people. Other than everybody who does another job. Yeah, everybody who's looking for game Well, product, don't I don't know if they moved over to that studio or not. I got to imagine know. they're going to pick up a few of them. I don't know. Got to, you'd think. Anyway, carry on. Uh, Wizards of the Coast is conducting a product survey, so go out and take it. I don't know when it's going to end. Um... Huh. It, it was interesting to weigh in. They ask you your favorite setting, and if it's not Forgotten Realms, then it asks you if you play any other. Um, if you play any other IP that's not a role playing game, so if there's a video game or something like that, it asks. I don't um, like the fact that some of these you can only answer one question, only with one dot. I know. I know. Which of these ways do you engage in D&D? I play at home and have friends. I play in game stores. I play online. I'm like, uh, I hit one, and, and uh, that's all I get, I guess. I'm interested because the first question is, is like, what edition did you start playing? And I wonder if that's a age thing. Like, hey, we want to find out who, how old this person is. Did you start with, like, AD&D, or did you start with, like, the white box? Yeah. Basic, expert, <laughs> 4 -0. Anyways... Check it out, weigh in, give them some feedback. Uh, last one, but not least one, 2020 Origins Award nominees have been nominated. Well, that's nice. Origins may not even take place this year, I'm guessing. Um, but let's hope the awards still get go through. Um, yeah. So there's congratulations to all the nominees out there. Good luck in uh, trying to win the big coveted Origins Award. Mm -hmm. That's all I had this week, Brett. Well, next week, I was thinking about this. Uh, Sky had brought this up on Discord a while back about encounters, not in combat, you know, kind of designing and kind of encounter design. And not always, because a lot of times when we think about encounter, we think about a combat encounter. Right. Well, yeah. So that's what I'm looking to chat about next time. So encounters, not combat type of encounter so that's what Ooh. we're going to talk about social will always be fun yeah we've talked a little bit about social encounters and social challenges and other things but this is almost more of a from my perspective i think what what sky's getting at is like when you're looking at something like how are my 
prepping, designing, planning this encounter to not be a hit point drainer. Right, so I want to pull traps out. I want to pull other things. Look, your hit points aren't necessarily at stake here. That's not the goal of this thing, isn't to chew up your armor and bleed you out. The goal of this is something different. Something different. Uh Uh-huh. So that's what we're going to talk about next time. So if you've got thoughts on that or anything that you like or ideas, tips, tricks you have for that, feel free to hit us up on the forums and other places and let us know. I'll be happy to take that into consideration during our discussion. Yeah. We good, man? I think we're good, man. Sweet. Yeah. So thanks for everybody that's joined us. Uh, I think that's it for this week. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Sean. I'm Brett. Good night. Good game and all. This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers. Graham Miner, Corey Wynn, Joe Swick, Curtis Takahashi, Aaron Relia, Larry Hout, Mark Tasaka, Pure Mongrel, Chris Steele, Ron Bishop, Thomas Hook, Wayne Humphrey, Craig, Brandon Barnes, Laramie Wall, Dan LaValley, Jason Hobbs, Sky, Old School DM, Perry Besor, Mike Jim Fitzpatrick, Christopher Gray, John Kayward, Corey Gonzalez, Eileen Barnes, Robert Nemeth, Nolabert. Niall Diamond, Howard Bishop, Eric Salzweedle, The Closet Gamer, Jeff Goat, Aaron Coleman, Ray Otis, C.W. Mellencamp, Craig Huber, Old Scoozer, eh, Old Scouser Roleplaying, Jared Rasher, Andy Hall, De- David F. Baylog, Harrigan, Melissa Bashinsky, Brian Rumble, Henry Newcomb, Eric Telvola, Hus Carl, Roger Brassett, Mark Soam, Andy Olson, Eric Avia, Ron Blessing, Jeff Seifert, Ghost DM, Mike Hess, Angus, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Rory Weston, Curtis Hinson, Jim Ingram, Jim Ingram, Dirtless, Dirtless, aka Dan, Chad Glayman, Finolf, Josh Wallace, Merkel Froilich, Rich Wishon. Do us a favor, go and tell somebody about the show and have them subscribe. We would really, really appreciate it. Head over to gamingnbs.com forward slash subscribe. Thanks, BSers! This This has has been a Litterbox Litterbox Studio Studio production. production.